0: For Pembrokeshire, from Pembrokeshire,
1: this is Pure West Radio. Charlie James and here's the latest news for Pembrokeshire. Another 203 cases of coronavirus have been confirmed in Wales whilst a further eight people have passed away. New figures released just yesterday show that just three more cases have been confirmed in Pembrokeshire. Dr Jiri Shankar, Incident Director for COVID-19 Outbreak Response at Public Health Wales said, based on the new case numbers, there is emerging evidence suggesting a levelling off in the number of new cases of COVID-19 in Wales, which may be an indication of the effectiveness of lockdown measures. However, it is still too early to tell for sure, and it is too soon to end the current social distancing rules. A TV series starring Pembroke doc D-Day veteran Ted Owens has won a major award from an international festival in New York. Lest We Forget, a three-part series starring Ted scooped a gold award in the New York Festival of Film and TV. The series, which was broadcast on ITV Wales last year, joined hits such as Fleabag and Das Boot in the list of winners. The series followed Ted and two schoolchildren as they travelled to France, the Netherlands and Germany to discuss Ted's war. Ted, a Royal Marine Commando, was hit by a shell on D-Day and almost died, but returned to France to fight on. He later fought in major battles in the Netherlands. A second series was planned to be filmed this year, but it's been postponed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Lest We Forget is still available to view on the ITV Wales programme's website. A thank you to rural retail heroes in community shops and pharmacies has gone out from assembly member Joyce Watson. In a message of support to small businesses who continue to serve the public during the lockdown, the Mid and West Wales member said, I want to thank all the local retail heroes in small rural settings where villages and communities are dependent upon them. They have put themselves on the line during this crisis, particularly those who now providing deliveries to people who are self-isolating and those affected by limited public transport. Across my mid and West Wales constituency, I know of many villages where small shops and pharmacies have become community hubs, providing for the needs of local people in these challenging times. Grocers, butchers, vegetable producers, pharmacies, community stores and other retailers are delivering to people's homes where supermarkets don't exist. Their dedication and commitment demonstrate why they have always been the lifeblood of our communities, supporting those who rely on them. This also highlights why people shouldn't travel to rural areas during this period. Apart from the risk and inconvenience you present to others stretching already limited resources, you cannot expect to find the same level of goods and services you might expect in larger towns and cities. Rural Wales is pulling through together and will still be here when restrictions are eased. Becky Lloyd, Transition Brogue One's waist-busting coordinator, is helping the national campaign For Love of Scrubs and by connecting local people with time and a sewing machine to the scheme. For the Love of Scrubs is part of a national campaign making gowns to go to doctors' surgery staff across Pembrokeshire and scrubs for hospital staff. As well as trying to source fabric and sheets, the scheme is now desperate for elastic for masks. If you are able to help, you can email Becky on tbg wastebuster at gmail.com to find out more about the group you can visit his facebook page at for love of scrubs and join if you are able to help sew gowns have fabric or sheets you can donate or you could organize a local drop-off and pick-up point for fabric donations Becky is also helping with an upcycled mask-making group, which has collated information and patterns for those wanting to make masks and link up with others doing so in the community. People are also making scrub bags and headbands for frontline workers to attach their masks to ease discomfort and pressure on their ears. For more information, you can go online to the Facebook group Masks For You. I'm Charlie James, and you're up to...
0: For Pembrokeshire, from Pembrokeshire, Pure West Radio. People are strange when you're a stranger. Faces
2: look ugly when you're alone. Women seem wicked when you're unwanted. Streams are under. When you're down, when you're strange. Faces come out of the rain.
3: we
4: Oh, hang on. I'll take the mask off. There we go. Welcome to Locked In With The West Files with me here in the studio, Steve, and hopefully, if I press this button and slide this slider, we'll find out why Ronnie isn't sat next to me tonight. Ronnie,
5: are you there? Uh, yeah. Yay! Hey! So so why aren't you here? Because I'm on lockdown.
4: Tag on again.
5: Yeah, all all my bad deeds from being young and I've finally been grounded. You were warned. I know. so is we it, never is,
4: listen. Is the tag on the ankle?
5: Not quite, no. I've got it on the wrist at the moment. They, they've said I'm almost a good girl.
4: Well, it's better than one off the wrist, I suppose. Yeah. So, what's been happening in lockdown land?
5: Not a lot, because, same as everybody else. Because I presume you
4: that you're in this group that have been told that they're not allowed out.
5: I had my letter, but I had my letter later than a lot of other people, so I don't know whether that means, like, when it's all over, I've still got to stay home. Yeah. Most people would think, yeah, what a great idea. Yeah,
4: it's 16 <laughs> weeks from when you get the letter.
5: Oh. Mm. Thank you, I love you too. So, what are you, um, uh, whoa,
4: whoa, whoa, hang on, what are you drinking on air?
5: What am I drinking on air? I'm drinking wine. Because I'm at home and I can do that. <sighs> All right I'll have for one for you
4: later. all right for some. Well, tonight, what, we did, what Ronnie and I thought we would do tonight is we would do a Storyville-type show because we have the Teller of Curious Tales. Now, the Teller of Curious Tales is a strange gentleman.
5: He is
4: very strange. He's from the valleys. And uh, we, we befriended him. We, we found him sitting in a gutter uh, several years ago.
5: You uh, turned around and told me he was sat on the bottom of the pond with a known fishing rod.
4: Did I? Yeah. Lied. <laughs> but he does tell us some remarkable tales and he has a really cutesy laugh that Ronnie really likes.
5: I must admit, yeah. So, I and, am. and the teller of Curious
4: I mean, seriously, the teller of Curious tales. actually, uh, the, the reality of it is this was um, a purchase I made. Gosh, it must be eight or nine years ago now, and it was a complete set of 1950s American radio scripts from the days of AM radio, when uh, they used to have these story event shows on, like, before they sold cornflakes and soap powder and stuff. And, okay. Uh, we realised that these scripts were, were entirely complete and ready to go, but they didn't seem to have ever been done. We could never find them when we searched for them so we commissioned a drunk welshman
3: <laughs> <laughs> drunk
5: Welshman. i'm sure he's going to love you
4: he is um who works who worked for, works for the bbc um to record them for us and we've we've used them on and off on the west files down the years
2: yeah
4: and we've got some favourites haven't we we thought we'd share some of our favourite ghost stories and some of our favourite episodes of the teller of curious tales with you um as the night wears on, interspersed with a little bit of music and some dire threats to stay at home, protect the NHS, and save the planet,
5: and protect yourselves.
4: Yeah, protect yourselves. Hey, I thought McDonald's was opening today. What? I thought McIdes was opening for drive-through today.
5: Oh, don't look at me. I don't. I don't go to Mackey D's. No, well, I. <laughs>
4: obviously i haven't been for a while but i'd seen somewhere that it was open for it was opening today for drive through
5: right. Um, oh right
4: it wasn't when i drove past because i thought oh <laughs> i'm gonna grab... are you
5: gonna sulk for the rest of the evening
4: now no i only That's wanted right. a coffee <laughs> i thought i'm gonna grab because a... i've got you know those little free vouchery things that you oh yeah do. Right then, so I think we'll 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 set the tone for the night with some cheery music because we don't want to talk about doom and gloom and
5: no no bad things tonight.
4: Not. No. So no. sit back, relax and okay. let's have a little bit of happy music.
6: Yay! Some things in life are bad they can really make you made. You must always face the curtain with a bow. Forget about your seat Give the audience a grin. Enjoy it. It's your last chance, and out? So. You'll see it's all a show Keep them laughing as you go Just remember that the last laugh is on you And always look on Come from nothing, you know what I say? Cheer up, you old bugger! Come on, music us quiz. There you are. See, it's the end of the film. Incidentally, this record's available in the foyer.
4: I said i'll never make that money the there we go monty python and always look on the bright side of life nail yourself to a tree with two thieves and sing happy music what could be a better way of starting the evening ronnie are you still with me or have you been lost to the vagaries of virgins internet system
5: Hello, Ronnie. Oh, so sorry. Oh, there yeah. you are. I am here, honest. I thought you yeah. had
4: Virgin Broadband and you disappeared.
5: Oh, hang on. No, yes. I'm getting very confused here. Right. People
4: with Virgin Broadband have all disappeared tonight.
5: Have they? Apparently so. Where have they g- <laughs> I'm not even asking where they've gone. Um, no. Well, yes, they sorry. I was. I, I was trying to work something out that I was asked to do in the break, and I, I'm, I'm slowly getting there.
4: Well, we haven't had any complaints, so it must. No, and I right. think it
5: was Monty Python, <laughs> so we're all right. <laughs> As everybody uh, could what tell, could this is possibly go
4: wrong? I'm going to start with a ghost story. Go I'm going to start with my favourite Pembrokeshire ghost story, if I may. Oh, go um, on then. And then we'll we'll launch into, um, I think, the Teller of Curious Tales. But I've got my own story, because this one is actually the only uh, ghost story, or one. it is in fact the only ghost story that is contained in the official accounts of the Royal Navy. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And it's set right here in the Clevi River down at Pembroke. And it's all about a little uh, paddle steamer called HMS ASP, ASP. I say that in case you were thinking it was something else. Now, the ASP was a small survey vessel that had been purchased by the Navy in 1850. Pay attention, Ronnie, because there'll be questions. And it was based at the Royal Naval Dockyard down in Pembroke. It had formerly been um, used as a cargo and passenger paddle steamer uh, going back and forth between West Wales and Ireland, Wexford and rosslare Prior etc. But prior to beginning her preparation for her new role, uh, she was brought into Pembroke for a refit. Um, when she arrived, the dockyard superintendent approached the captain and informed him that the ship was haunted and that he might find it difficult to locate men willing to undertake the refitting work. But the captain, Captain Aldridge, was deeply sceptical and remained resolute, even after several of the the shipwrights working at uh, the dockyard suggested that he should give up the ship as it would only bring him bad luck. But the captain insisted that the refit should be completed. And it was in fact uneventful, and upon completion of the work, HMS ASP, began her new role as a survey vessel in the waters around West Wales and off the Irish coast. But almost immediately, strange things began to be noticed by both the crew and also the captain. Loud banging and other inexplicable sounds were heard coming from an empty aft cabin. Now this cabin was not in use and could only be reached by means of a narrow companionway, which passed directly by the captain's own cabin. And the captain could easily see into that this aft cabin was deserted, but nonetheless the disquieting sounds continued without any apparent cause. From time to time HMS Asp would put into an Irish port, and it was during one of the visits to Wexford that Cap that Captain Aldrich returned to his ship after going ashore to hear more str- only to hear more of these strange noises this time the sounds were coming from inside his cabin the captain thought that at last this was his big chance to catch the errant ghost or more likely the perpetrator of the troublesome noises so he burst open the door and rushed inside but he found the cabin was empty and silent and except for the gentle creaks of the ship as it lay at her moorings nothing Captain Aldridge stood in the silence, perplexed and not a little bit afraid. Shortly, he heard a commotion in the companionway, and after a few moments, the quartermaster arrived with news that the lookout had seen a figure of a woman standing atop the paddle box. Her hand was raised to the sky. The lookout had been so terrified that he had gone into convulsions and had been overcome. The captain's fear gave way to anger and the captain took the remainder of the watch for himself, determined once and for all to get to the bottom of the troubles that were plaguing his vessel. For the remainder of the trip, nothing. It passed uneventfully, except for the continuing sounds from the deserted aft cabin. After crossing the Irish Sea, HMS Asp arrived back in her home port of Pembroke Dock and was soon laying peacefully at anchor in the Milford Haven waterway up at Lorrenny. It was a Sunday afternoon and all seemed quiet. Suddenly, the peace was shattered again as the ship's steward rushed up to the captain in a state of extreme agitation. He had been spoken to by a mysterious, disembodied voice and was now so terrified that the captain was forced to release the man ashore to recover. One by one other members of the crew also began to come forward with their own accounts, their own versions, some of them requesting to be transferred immediately to other ships. HMS Asp became a vessel that very few men wished to serve aboard and even fewer remained on board for very long before they applied to be transferred. Captain Aldrich however remained. He was not a man who would retreat from the presence of a mere ghost, even though he himself had had many unusual experiences. He was often woken at night by the sound of the lockers in his cabin being slammed shut. He was several times disturbed to feel a cold, invisible hand placed upon his forehead. And all the while, the sounds from the rear empty cabin continued, despite his many attempts to discover their cause. Eventually... HMS Asp returned to the dockyard at Pembroke Dock for a further refit and for routine repair work to be carried out. As she lay alongside, one of the dockyard sentries reported that he had seen a figure of a woman climbing on top of the paddle box, her arm and hand raised, pointing skywards. As he watched, she turned and approached the sentry. He challenged her, but on she came relentlessly until she passed straight through his outstretched musket, The brave sentry dropped the musket and fled to the guardhouse. As he ran, he called to a second sentry, who also saw for himself the apparition of the woman. He raised his musket and fired at her at close range, but the shot went clean through with no effect. The figure continued silently, moving along the dockside. A third sentry, alerted by the shot, rushed over, just in time to also witness the ghostly figure. Huddled together, the three men watched the ghost enter the old Pater churchyard. She paused for a moment, remaining motionless above one of the graves, before finally she disappeared. On the following nights, the dockyard sentries were doubled, as men refused to stand guard alone. However, it seems that this remarkable event marked the end of the haunting of HMS Asp, and no further events were ever reported. All became perfectly normal above the vessel. The noises from the aft cabin ceased and the figure of the woman was never seen again. Some t- some time later, Captain Aldridge decided to seek an explanation for the strange events that had plagued his ship. He already knew that prior to its service with the Royal Navy, it had been used as a passenger cargo ship plying between Wales and Ireland. But he had been unaware that during that time a female passenger had been murdered whilst aboard, her throat cut, and her body discovered in the aft cabin amid signs of an obvious struggle. There we go. The haunting Ooh. of HMS Asp took did place locally as well. She, did they ever find out who she was? No! And frustratingly, they didn't, they, in the records that the Navy kept, they didn't report which grave it was either,
7: which is a bit remiss of them.
5: Yeah, because you'd have thought somebody... Because the captain seemed quite a sort of staunch man. He was not afraid of nothing. You'd have thought he'd have gone to perhaps find out who it was.
3: Well, he didn't, did
5: he? Well, that was boring.
4: <laughs> so, what, the story?
5: No, the story was brilliant. Hey, I kept quiet all the way through.
4: That's true. Well, there we go. So, uh, yeah, after we come back after the... Te- well, we're going to have the Teller of Curious Stars next.
5: What happened to HMS Asp in the end?
4: Um... Well, nothing. I mean, well, obviously, yeah, something happened. It just
5: carried on. Out. Yeah, it
4: just became HMS Asp until it got retired, and then it. it
5: oh, fair enough.
4: Went away because it went away. It went away. <laughs> it go away? Yeah. I, I don't know. It's not recorded what happened. Well, I suppose it is somewhere. But yes. Yeah, it's not recorded in the ghost story anyway.
5: No. Anyway, that was story. my like attempt
4: at telling tales. But I think we should have the teller of curious selves to show us both and our listeners how how it's, it's done. all done. Yeah, and he's got that maniacal laugh that makes you go all wobbly at the knees. I do, which you like so much. So I like to go wobbly at the
5: knees at home. So
4: here, here, specially for you is your favourite. It's the teller of curious oh, awesome tales, followed by David Bowie just to lighten the mood. Okay.
7: Tonight, I, the Teller of Curious Tales, open my book once again and bring you strange and unusual stories, true stories, stranger than any fiction ever written. Listen to The Teller of Curious Tales. This is the story of the wickedest city in the world, Irkutsk in Serbia. This city has a population of about 120,000 people and as many as 500 murders are committed in a year's time. Arrests average only one for every 50 murders and less than half of these are followed by convictions. Several years ago, the decent elements of the population borrowed a page from our own west and attempted to form a vigilante committee to rid the city of its criminals. But all the ex-convicts and active thugs joined this committee, crowding out the decent members so conditions became worse than they were. The vigilantes shot rich merchants in broad daylight in order to rob them. Any citizens suspected of having anything worth taking had his house burglarized under the pretense of house inspection and penal confiscation. No man's life or property was safe until the central government at Moscow sent soldiers to rid the city of its vigilantes. Today... Under what practically amounts to martial law, crime has fallen to some extent. At any rate, it isn't in the open anymore. Most of the law breaking is committed indoors. When these soldiers are withdrawn, what will happen then? Your guess is as good as mine. The God strikes. My time is up. On my next visit, I'll bring you other stories, curious tales, strange beliefs. The teller of curious tales has closed his book and about to go on his way. I'll be back again on Ghost Chronicles International with more strange stories. Sleep (laughs) Hehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehe Hehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehe <laughs>
4: guess they uh, couldn't really figure out an ending for that one just make a noise right uh, you're listening to the west files live from lockdown special storyville edition with the teller of curious tales and uh, of course steve down here in the studio at pure west radio and ronnie uh, locked up somewhere safely out of harm's way
5: yes <laughs> <This is laughs> i've always they've always threatened to
4: yeah, finally,
5: <laughs> <laughs> only this time it wasn't the actual man in white coats, so
4: yeah no. <laughs> so how long have you got a, how long are you incarcerated for and what was the crime?
5: <laughs> <laughs> the crime was um just me being me. I'm not going into any more details, but, yeah um but i've actually I've actually had an extra um week. Because um, the job I do, I work with children that need school transport, and the lad I was with had um, had a cough and a cold, normal cough and a cold. And uh, on the Monday, it was just as they were talking about closing the schools, and they decided they were going to keep mum for that week. So, guess who? Ended up with the young man who she's young one-on-one with. Man. He ended up not going to school da, 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 on the Monday, and I was advised da, da, to stay da, home da, 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 for the rest da, of the week. The young man. Yeah. <coughs> so So I've had an extra week.
4: Good. Well...
5: No, not good.
4: Might be. Well, you'll be back next month, anyway.
5: Huh?
4: You'll be back next month. I hope so. I have a cunning plan.
5: <laughs> <laughs> it does involve yep,
4: right. a radio microphone, a plexiglass box, and a lot of... Um, Dettol. Uh, yeah. Oh, I followed tr- uh, President Trump's instructions. Worked great. I felt terrible yesterday till I drank a pint of Dettol. Do not drink disinfectant, ladies and gentlemen. I'm being oh, sarcastic. Oh, God,
5: no, 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 like, no. Like
4: President Trump, I am being sarcastic. Yes. So, has anything spooky ever happened to you?
5: Um, yeah, there's a few things over the years, but...
4: Um, can you do it in two minutes? I
5: can do my daughter's <laughs> one
4: in two
3: minutes. <laughs> Careful how you say that.
5: No, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I won't answer that. I not here. Um, yeah, my daughter, when she was younger, and yeah, the other house we lived in, she used to talk to a little girl that was in there, in her bedroom. And I used to think it was just my daughter being my daughter. You know, she's crazy, like a mother. And um, she actually turned around and said, "No." Nope, there's this little girl that comes into the bedroom. And this particular day, she came downstairs and I said, what are you looking at? What are you smiling, because she was smiling, you know? And she said, I've just seen what my room used to look like. And I went, what do you mean used to look like? And apparently this little girl had shown her exactly where her bits and pieces were. And she described what she looked like and everything else. But it was rather strange because um, my son then was living at home, obviously but every time he used to go into the bedroom she would disappeared she just did not like men or males um and she stayed there for with my daughter for quite a while and then all of a sudden she just went
3: oh
5: um so did you but ever- yeah she said it was it was really amazing because she she actually said she she was just sat there and all of a sudden the room just seemed to change and it went into the way this little girl had turned around and said to her, "This is exactly how my room used to look, so yeah,
4: so how old was the house?
5: The house actually is it was fairly new this was the thing it it's, it's not it wasn't an old house it was built um from what I understand for um people who were at broaddie um stationed at Brodie so I don't know they they weren't it it wasn't like it was an old house where it could have been. Sort of, many many families lived there, so oh. I don't know what it was. And I did start looking into it, and, and? I couldn't find anything. Bum. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, but that was my daughter's it's experience. Which hopes, then. It was a nice
7: one. It, it's
4: not unpleasant, I, um, but it would have been nice. Well, if, same as the questions you asked me about HMS Asper, wasn't it? What happened next? Yeah. And we just don't know.
5: No, we do And don't. that's the
4: frustration with so much of this paranormal. Stuff.
5: Is, it, is it often like that when when you do get the situation like that, whether it's research or actual investigations? Um, because I know you you know you write books which you're in the middle of doing now, apparently. Yep. yeah, not writing uh, obviously. No, obviously. But does it get like that that you do get to almost like a dead end? Excuse the pun. But you, you can't get any more information.
4: It's incredibly common, and the reason—well, sometimes you can, often you can't, um, and that's may not necessarily. I mean, it might be because the story is being entirely made up. Uh, it could also be that the records are incomplete. I mean, we we have excellent records in in, in the UK, but there there, there are gaps, um, and the ordinary little people, their day-to-day humdrum. Lives don't tend to make it into the archives. Um, and
5: so, so some, more often than not, is somebody pretty more sort of up the line type thing up the ladder. Yeah,
4: the landed gentry are always appearing in the uh records and the archives, it's just the likes of you and me that don't.
5: Oh, I think that's disgusting. I, I think we should be. Yeah, well, I think we should well, also. Some of us. I
4: think it's time for another teller of curious tales. Oh, yes, please. So we'll have some more of your... I've
5: finished being wobbly.
4: Favourite... Well, prepare to be <laughs> wa- prepare to be wobbled again.
5: I'm going to be wobbled again. And
4: then I'm going to follow it up with... Because um, the boys are in lockdown, back at home, so I said I'd play them um, one of their favourites afterwards. So um, they Oh, him,
5: awesome. They Hi, him,
4: boys. Yeah, so they call him bin, bin Man. They, I won't, they won't be listening. Why not? Because like, I left, it. we were playing bingo for Easter eggs.
5: All right. <laughs> <laughs> I should be
4: around there. <laughs> I do, I do. Right, talk to you after The Teller of Curious Tales. Yes,
5: I will.
7: Tonight, I, The Teller of Curious Tales, open my book once again and bring you strange and unusual stories. True stories stranger than any fiction ever written. Listen to the Teller of Curious Tales. On a bright October day in 1899, an Egyptian farmer was working in his fields. Suddenly, the ground gave way from under him and a part of the field which he and his ancestors had been working for centuries sank into the earth and carried this bewildered farmer with it. When the hubbub had subsided and his mind was cleared of its bewilderment and confusion, he looked around. He found himself in an enormous subterranean room, a room connected with countless similar rooms, all bare of furniture, all deathly silent, but every one lined from ceiling to floor with shelves. Shelves loaded with small, nondescript bundles. Had he stumbled into a treasure trove? Had he found new tombs, which ancient Egyptians were so clever at concealing? He snatched one of the bundles and found it wrapped round with cloth like a mummy. He began removing the wrappings and after working feverishly for some minutes, he held the unwrapped object in his hand. It was an embalmed cat. This subterranean labyrinth was a cat cemetery and literally millions were stacked away on these shelves. Cats were sacred to the ancient Egyptians and were embalmed and mummified like their masters so that they too could arise on the Egyptian Judgment Day. He clambered out of the cat mine and walked to Alexandria and went to a speculator in antiquities telling him of his find. The speculator, being a shrewd businessman, shipped a boatload of these 3,000 year old mummified cats to Liverpool, England where 180,000 of them were offered for sale at public auction to be used for fertiliser. The auctioneer, using a dead cat for a hammer, sold them in tonne lots to the assembled English farmers. They bought approximately $18.50 a tonne, about a fifth of a cent for each cat. And now, on the day of the resurrection, Millions of Egyptians will wait in vain for their beloved cats to arise from the dead. The gong strikes. My time is up. The teller of Curious Tales has closed his book. On my next visit, I'll bring you other stories, curious tales, strange beliefs. Until then, Sleep tight.
0: (laughs) When I
3: heard that sound
0: When the walls came down I was thinking about you About you Where my skin grows old Where my breath runs cold I'll be thinking about you it was almost long it was almost slow when i heard love it was almost we bleed ourselves in vain how tragic is this game turn around i'm holding on to someone but the love has gone carrying the load with wings i feel like stone knowing that we need to fair. so far now it's hard to tell yeah we came so close it was almost long It was almost long
3: It was almost long When I heard that
0: can try all over again. It was almost love, it was almost love,
3: it was almost love There
4: you go, welcome back to the West Files, live from the lockdown. That was, uh, as my boys say, Bin Man, and a lot of the songs called The Skin They Go, Wolf! And uh, maybe we'll get them back into the studio and they can explain why. Ronnie, are you still in lockdown?
5: I'm still here in I'll lockdown. I'll tell you what's
4: really spooky and strange. What? Town.
5: Oh, I know. Apparently, it's very, very, very empty.
4: It's like. I should have played Ghost Town, really, shouldn't I? Yeah. I, that kind of describes it. There is just. Apart from. I think the pizza place down in uh, Castle Square was open.
5: Ah, oh. I know. Um, I, I, I haven't been out the house, literally. So, hubby, bless him, has been doing everything.
4: Hey, I you. saw the weather station.
5: Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah.
4: He's, he's for those that, that a... don't know, you're listening to the West Files and Ronnie's hubby's built I'm...
3: a built Ronnie's a weather station.
4: <laughs> yeah, because she's not allowed out, but oh. hubby's built a weather
5: station for her. So, hey. what, what's the <laughs> <That's>... weather, Ronnie?
8: <laughs> the
5: weather is I don't know because it's dark outside and oh, I've got the curtains God. shut. It's warm in here, though. It's lovely and warm in here. Oh, but so I'm there you sure go. you're going to send chills down with more Teller of Curious Tales. We please. are. We've
4: got lots of Teller of Curious Tales coming up um, before and after the news uh, for Ooh. the this, well, can I, this can is, I? This is our way of celebrating life from lockdown. Um, so we, we unlocked the Teller of Curious Tales and dragged him onto... Uh, well, we couldn't drag him into the studio because, obviously, no. we're self-isolating, you know, yes. we're, we're doing all this. Like, hey, don't forget we've got to sing happy birthday to Captain Tom on Thursday as well.
5: Yes, that's At true. five
4: past eight, because there's a Facebook page that says do it at 7.59, but Captain Tom said he didn't want to go ahead of the NHS. Well,
2: but Facebook
4: enough. wouldn't allow the group to change the time, so it's oh. actually immediately after the clap at five past eight that we do the, in fact there's down in our local village down at Langham um, the, there are so many different claps for oh, I, can't re- I can't keep up, every week somebody says why should we, we should clap for these and we should clap for them And
5: Well when you think about it there are so many people out there, you know that, that are doing the jobs to keep us going
4: Yeah, I mean it's, you and, know, you know we, we clap for the NHS rightly, um,
5: agreed yes
4: but there are so many other people still working, so that we can be safe in lockdown.
5: Exactly, and still live and get even simple things like groceries.
4: You know, and yeah, I mean, my my poor wife. Every time it comes on, she's "They never mention the banks."
5: Oh, and the banks, yes. Yeah,
4: because they're they all the bank staff are in as well, so people can still yes. get money and. Look,
5: I, I do all mine online, so I'm well, sorry. Well,
4: a lot of people do, but you know, yeah. there are people but who there need are people access to absolutely. banking services, and the yeah. banks are in still. So, so uh, yeah.
5: thank you. Can, I, thank can you. I give a quick mention to somebody?
4: Yes, we, do. we
5: have a new listener tonight. Do we? <laughs> we do, yes, because <laughs> I was back <laughs> here. welcome our to our first listener. listener. It's our first listener. <laughs> Let's celebrate. Um, I was, I was. This is so weird, sitting at home doing this. I must admit. But um, uh, a lady called Kirsty asked me for the link so that she could listen in to the show.
4: Good evening, Kirsty. Welcome. Good evening, Kirsty,
5: and welcome to
4: the welcome to the West Files with Basement. Yeah, welcome to the haunted. I, I, I can't. Well, it's all right. I'm a ghost hunter. I'm safe you're in okay. here, aren't I?
5: No. Yeah,
4: because you do it on a Monday with the Ronnie's Rants, and you're on
5: yeah, but ramp. I've always got my imaginary friend there anyway.
4: Is that, what is? is that who's sitting opposite me?
5: <laughs> oh, they're not supposed to be out yet. Well, they are. <laughs> they're in lockdown as well. Yes,
4: they are. Uh, I don't suppose people want to listen to us rabbiting on, but. Yeah. But. Uh, uh, we could do another Teller of Curious Tales, because.
5: Yeah, I like the cat one, you see. That one we just had. That was brilliant. So, what's the next one?
4: Um. I've forgotten.
5: <laughs> or press the button to get it played in.
4: Oh, all right, then. So, yeah, back we go to another episode of... The Teller of Curious... Of
5: Curious
4: Tales. Yeah, go on, then you can do the intro. The
5: Teller of Curious Tales.
7: Tonight, I, The Teller of Curious Tales... Open my book once again and bring you strange and unusual stories, true stories, stranger than any fiction ever written. Listen to the Teller of Curious Tales. The generally accepted belief is that the words printer's devil originated from the fact that the printer's apprentice was always covered with ink and therefore resembled one of Satan's imps hence the name printer's devil but this isn't quite true when printing was first invented it was looked upon as the work of the evil one so when Aldus Manitus brought a young negro slave in Egypt and brought him to work in his printing establishment the Venetians believed the printer had travelled to hell and brought back a demon. The report spread that Manetius was a sorcerer, using an imp of Satan to do his devilish work of printing. Resentment grew, until one day a frenzied mob, bent on ridding Venice of this horrid evil, stormed Manetius' establishment. In order to save the life and that of the Negro boy, he was forced to face the crowd and speak to them. Men of Venice, this boy is no demon. He's a human from a land where all men are black. He's no printer's devil, but flesh and blood like you and me. Pinch him and feel for yourselves and see. The crowd's anger was appeased, but from that day, the boy and all his successors were printer's devils. The gong strikes. My time is up. The teller of Curious Tales has closed his book. On my next visit, I'll bring you other stories, curious tales, strange beliefs. Until then, sleep tight. There
4: you go. He has got a... How are you, Ronnie, after that laugh?
5: Oh, I'm just wobbly.
4: Because we're doing lots of laughs tonight, aren't we? Cause, uh, we are. The the, the listener, listener Kirsty, <laughs> doesn't really realise how jelly-like your legs go when the teller of curious tales does his...
5: <laughs> I know, and you can't do it the same. So no, it I doesn't know. Work. It, right. it, it, there's just something about it that sort of, yeah, just makes me... Sort of like, oh, ooh. Al, are you listening? <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I he I knows. found a way.
5: <laughs> he knows, he knows. Yeah. But it's there's just it's just the way it, it is. I don't know how you say the word m- maniacal or it's just maniacal. a, ma- a maniac. oh. maniacal. maniacal. Maniacal.
4: Well, we've got lots more from the Teller of Curiosity. We've got one more um, quick one before the news and then we're going to do a run of them back to back afterwards um, so that people can settle down without us interrupting
3: yes
5: and they which can... means i'll go very wobbly yes okay
4: yes but uh, yeah town very very spooky very quiet not normally i mean you know have a west isn't the busiest town in the world on a monday night when i travel in but tonight
7: it was exceptional
5: I know hubby has been out, and even during the day when he's you know he's gone out and done a bit of shopping for us, he said it, it's just so quiet.
4: Yeah. The thing that's it, the thing I can't get over is why petrol's five p a litre cheaper, dearer at Haverford West Tesco's than it is in Pembroke Dock Tesco's. Er. Uh, I
5: don't know.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Uh, that's spooky. One oh two a litre in Pembroke Dock.
5: Mhm. Yeah.
4: So. Guess where I fill up?
5: <laughs> well, it ain't Pembroke not.
4: Well, we've got. T- oh, I think we should have another Teller of curious tales before I start ranting about Tesco's. Yeah, don't I, I, don't don't
5: no ranting tonight. No, no ranting. That's Ronnie's no, ranting. No, we're having program. a we're having
4: a nice yes storyville telling, episode.
5: storytelling evening. Well,
4: let's have another episode of the Teller of Curious Tales. Oh,
7: nice tonight. I, the Teller of Curious Tales, open my book once again and bring you strange and unusual stories, true stories, stranger than any fiction ever written. Listen to the Teller of Curious Tales. Do you believe in the devil? When man lived in caves long before he could write, he scraped crude pictures on the walls of his home. Among these uncouth drawings, we find sketches of demons and devils. For the belief in the evil spirit, in Satan, dates back to the dawn of mankind. It's a universal belief too, for wherever we find human life, we find this belief. The devil may go by a thousand names, but his description is the same in China, in Iceland, in Timbuktu, or right in our own backyard. Dante says in describing him, Ah, what a fierce cruelty his look bespake, in act how bitter he did seem, with wings buoyant outstretched and feet of nimble's tread. His shoulder proudly eminent and sharp Was with a sinner charged By his horn she held him The foot sinew gripping fast The gong strikes My time is up The teller of Curious Tales has closed his book But on my next visit I'll bring you other stories Curious tales Strange beliefs Until then Sleep tight
3: (laughs) for Pembrokeshire from Pembrokeshire, Pure West Radio.